This is Patrick Daly and welcome to Interlinks. Interlinks is a program about international business and globalization and the effects these have had on our life, our work and our travel over recent decades. Today on Interlinks, we're going to be taking a deeper dive into the world of the supply chain with a group of international experts, all colleagues of mine from the supply chain special interest group at the Society for the Advancement of Consulting. So in recent weeks, we have all been hearing of inflationary pressures feeding through to the high street and driven by pandemic-related factors and non-pandemic-related factors in the supply chain. And notable among them has been the rise in the cost of transport of containerized freight from Asia to Europe and Asia to North America. We've heard about uh, chip shortages in the automotive industry and commodity shortages for materials such as timber, glass and construction materials. So far, uh, central banks in Europe and America and Asia have been pretty sanguine about the rise in inflation, which has actually hit a 10-year high of 2.2% in the European Union, so pretty unheard of over the last decade. But despite that, the central banks seem at least not to be alarmed, uh, nor are they indicating any move to raise interest rates anytime soon. So it appears that their view is that these are uh, non-core effects, short-term inflationary pressures that will normalise as economies um, recover from COVID. Now, be that as it may, um, businesses are now having to cope with these rising costs and shortages right at this point in time and for the weeks and months ahead. And that's what we're going to be discussing uh, today, the type and the nature of these challenges, how long they might endure, and what companies are doing to mitigate and avoid uh, the effects. So to discuss these issues, I'm delighted to be joined by Antonio Zrilic, uh, president of Logico Consultants in Zagreb, Croatia. Welcome, Antonio. Hi, Patrick. Thanks. Uh, we go on to Elizabeth Warren, uh, president of Dialed In Partners from uh, Los Angeles, California. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you, Patrick. Good morning to everyone. Very welcome, Elizabeth. And Art Koch, uh, president of Arthur Koch Management Consultants in Miami, Fort Lauderdale area in Florida. Welcome, Art. Good afternoon, Patrick. Very welcome, Art. And thanks uh, to you all for being here with us today. So uh, maybe I'll start with you, Art. So I spoke there about some of the inflationary pressures that we're, we're seeing. Um, what kind of things are, are you seeing in, in your world with your clients or just from your perspective as a business person operating in, in Florida, in the U.S.? Um, you know, there's pressures on pretty much everything right now. Everything from, as you mentioned earlier, uh, containers, international containers, what the increase of cost of a barrel of oil, then significant labor shortages everywhere you walk from restaurants to uh, factories, they're short labor. And it's a culmination of, I think, coming out of the pandemic where uh, a lot of demand, a lot of pent up demand and people uh, are struggling to get through that. Mm. And what what do you may, although, you know, we're, we're not economists here, we're kind of we're supply chain people and logisticians, but what's your own kind of view on whether this is, as the central banks seem to be indicating, something short term that's going to work itself out in the months ahead? Or do you think it's something more fundamental? Uh, it's. I think it's a little bit of both. From the container standpoint, I believe that's short term. Uh, 
at the beginning of the pandemic, many international ocean carriers uh, scrapped several or many uh, non-productive uh, or very inefficient ships. And all of those are being rebuilt. There's uh, orders for new ships is very significant at this moment, uh, high in, I think, the past 15 or 20 years. Late ends are not as good as they want them to be. But I think the the caveat is what happens with oil. If oil stays at the price it is today or increases, we're going to have a pressure on inflation. But if oil drops back down to uh, a more stable uh, cost per barrel, I think inflation will be short term. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks for that, Art. Uh, Elizabeth, what are you uh, what are you seeing in 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 your world from your vantage point in uh, Southwest US and California? Well, Patrick, we are really experiencing a lot of challenges in Southern California. They are manifesting themselves in many different ways. One way is increased. Uh, costs are being passed on to the consumer. One quick anecdote uh, that I read in a, a maritime journal was about a uh, importer of fireplaces. And I can't remember the out of my head, but his uh, transport costs for a container were previously about $2,000. And now they're approximately $20,000 for several hundred fireplaces. And now he's passing that cost on to his customers at around 200 or so plus or minus dollars uh, per fireplace. So some of those costs are just being passed on. Some are just manifesting in delays. Uh, I I ordered a sofa (laughs) a couple of weeks ago. I'm not going to get a new sofa for about six months. And that's standard. That's just standard from any any manufacturer trying to get the furniture is six months out, where before it used to be several weeks. Um, and uh, the last story very quickly is regarding uh, a company that was located here in Southern California for about 25 years. And they were an importer of household goods. And because of the increased costs here in Southern California uh, regarding Increased cost in in uh, labor, in real estate, uh, in environmental uh, regulations. They have picked up their business uh, after 25 years and moved to uh, Nevada, uh, which is you know a, a few hours away. Uh, air, um, it's about I don't know maybe a 10 hour drive, but they're still shipping through our ports but their physical location is no longer. So businesses are doing a number of things to uh, compensate for that, but none of it is, I think, sustainable over the long term. I think we're going to have to come up with some kind of, of solutions in order to make this successful for all of our businesses in the long term. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned about the price of containers. We've seen clients of ours here in Dublin who, and other parts of Ireland who likewise were um, paying $2,000 per 40-foot container and now being quoted prices in the $20,000 uh, range. And, and interesting for, for anybody who's interested in, in this, there's a, there's a white paper that has been published by a German consultancy um, called uh, Lebenswerk Consulting, and they're specialists in in this area. 
And uh, I have a copy of that white paper. If anybody uh, wants it, and what it addresses is uh, strategies for dealing with uh, some of the worst effects of these um, container prices. So if anybody is interested in that, if you just email me on pdaily, P-D-A-L-Y, at alba logistics, A-L-B-A logistics, Com, I'll be happy to uh, email you a copy of that white paper, which has been written by a gentleman uh, from Germany called uh, Alexander Nauroth. Um, so that's that's quite interesting. Uh, so, Antonio, you're in um, Croatia, you're based in Zagreb. Uh, you're, you're currently uh, on the coast enjoying the sunshine, I think, but uh, you're normally based in Zagreb. So what, what have you been seeing in terms of these inflationary pressures feeding through either from your own vantage point as a consumer or through your clients and your, your work? Yeah, we, we, are, we are receiving uh, some confusing uh, informations about uh, inflation from uh, our government and statistical offices. Uh, and, uh, and so because uh, uh, they claim that uh, inflation is, uh, uh, I don't know, 2 or 3 percent. Uh, and uh, and we we can see from uh, uh, the field from um, our clients that uh, that are for for example uh, dealing uh, in uh, construction uh, business and uh, and plastic business and uh, some some other industrial businesses that uh, that they have a, a price increase uh, in in uh, tens or or twenties or fifty uh, percents or maybe even hundred percent in some construction uh, materials. So, so it it is very confusing uh, when when you have this this basket of uh, products that uh, that shows uh, I don't know two or three or or four percent of uh, inflation, and then you you hear that there are some major uh, uh, price increases uh, that that are going on. So uh, so so it it is very uh, hard to say. Uh, do we have inflation or not? We we have price increases in uh, in, in industrial materials. Definitely, and uh, prices are going up. Uh, as uh, Art uh, mentioned, uh, uh, the fuel uh, is going up, and uh, uh, some transport uh, transportation prices also. Uh, we have uh, here uh, 9.3 percent uh, uh, increase in, in transportation. Uh, so it, it is very confusing, but but uh, bottom line is that there are definitely price increase in uh, in in this area. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, I guess th- th- there are price increases. Um, there are arguments about whether it's core or not, whether it's long term or short term, whether it's fundamental or, tr- or, or or transitory. And I guess that's probably a question for uh, economists and so on. But uh, maybe what what we can talk about is what what are companies um, doing about it. So uh, Art, what are you seeing people? Um, doing in terms of tactics and strategies to deal with this, at least in the immediate term? Well, a um, group of different things. I see my clients, I've, I've pushed them towards using uh, exchanges like the London Metal Exchange to hedge material costs, long-term material costs from uh, steel, aluminum, copper, lithium to buy now uh, to hedge that. Also, Long-term agreements with their carriers, uh, anything from trucking companies to international uh, freight carriers, to put in place a LTA and negotiate increases based on the consumer price index 
uh, of that nature. Then within LTA, LTA, you mean long-term agreement? Is that it? Long-term agreement. Yes. Yep. Instead of spot buying and consolidate uh, contracts instead of having four or five different companies dealing with one product, use maybe one or two and leverage uh, some volume. Additionally, build uh, partnerships within their supply chain. Hmm. Okay. Look at critical products, critical suppliers, critical customers, where by building a partnership, you can improve your overall cost strategy and your competitiveness. And lastly, uh, applying the Toyota production system. Doesn't matter where you're at within your, it can be in the front offices, it can be on the production line. Too often people think it's just operations. The production, Toyota production system works, but it works from everything from paperwork and a accounting firm to a financial services to actual operations. That's what I see my clients doing. Interesting, the uh, the partnership one that you mentioned, because it's on the relationship, looking after the relationships, because it's not just the cost element of that. It's when supply or service has to be prioritized and there isn't enough to go around, who's going to get it? Who's going to get looked after and who's going to get overlooked? Well, I guess it's the people who have the strong partnerships and relationships are the ones that are going to be uh, looked after, wouldn't you think? Oh, absolutely. I have a client in the UK and we were having a discussion last week about it where they have a partnership or a long-term relationship with suppliers where they're not browbeating one another on delivery and cost. When there's an allocation in place, who goes to the top of the list? The people you have a good relationship with. If you're somebody where it's a tenuous relationship, you're going to go to the bottom of the list. But if you have a good relationship, the cream rises to the top, so to speak. That's it. Um, Elizabeth, I know you're you're doing some work with the state of uh, uh, California and other industry leaders uh, regarding some port solutions. Um, so what's what's going on there? And, you know, is that is that is, that, is the, the thrust of that to try to address some of these challenges? Absolutely, Patrick. It's really exciting uh, what we're doing. One of my clients is the Center for International Trade and Transportation at Cal State Long Beach. And uh, we've partnered with the Governor's Office of Business and Economic Development, known as GoBiz here in California, as well as the California State Transportation Agency and the Port of Long Beach. And we're going to engage the, a the very diverse spectrum of stakeholders along the supply chain. Uh, We're going to identify some key challenges facing the uh, entire uh, supply chain system, moving right through the state and beyond. Uh, And what's really exciting is we're going to be soliciting input on some creative solutions to some of the challenges. So we've we've got a link uh, on our uh, LinkedIn page uh, for Center for International Trade and Transportation, and I'm going to share it on my LinkedIn as, as well. Uh, And we're looking for some video responses by Friday, August 20th, no more than 40 seconds. Um, There's some questions that uh, we'd like to have answered, like how can things be done better? Uh, What does success look like in your organization? What are some of the obstacles? What's the risk of doing nothing? Uh, But then we're going to take those, some of those ideas 
and put them into a virtual workshop on September 1st. Uh, that will, it'll be a forum for industry, community, policymakers to refine and prioritize some of those solutions that then will go to an even more uh, select and intense in-person summit at the end of September uh, with industry leaders. And we're looking for some short-term and long-term solutions to what we can do to help uh, get our supply chain back to functioning successfully for the entire supply chain. And, and depending on how you identify what success is for your company or for your organization uh, is part of that solution, you know, part of that solution seeking. What defines success and then what can we all do to get there? Okay. What's, what's the deadline for those contributions, did you say? Uh, Friday, August 20th. Friday, August 20th. And people can see that on, on your link. So that's Elizabeth Warren, link, LinkedIn, your LinkedIn page. Yes. It, it, as soon as this call is over, I will get that shared on my LinkedIn. It is currently on the Center for International Trade and Transportation's LinkedIn page. But as soon as this is over in uh, a few minutes, I will make sure that that gets on mine. And if you don't mind, if uh, my colleagues here, if I tag you, uh, so it will be... Uh, you you will see it as well, and maybe share it with your uh, with your network as well. I will. It's a pleasure, uh, Antonio. What are you What are you seeing going on in your world in terms of addressing some of these uh, issues? What tactics, strategies are, are your clients or companies in in Croatia implementing to deal with this? Uh, so, so some of uh, uh, companies, for example, in construction uh, business. It, it is uh, actually problematic uh, with these uh, uh, price increases in in uh, in uh, construction materials and uh, and some other uh, uh, industries. And uh, some of uh, of my clients uh, are even uh, better off to uh, to cancel uh, some projects and pay uh, uh, penalties for for that. And not going uh, uh, through with uh, uh, with these uh, uh, projects uh, because uh, it would be uh, 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 more uh, expensive for them to to go uh, and, uh, and and proceed with with these projects uh, uh, as uh, as they uh, have with these prices that that are now uh, coming in uh, as as inputs in in their uh, in their business. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it, it is it is very uh, problematic, and uh, uh, well, uh, these these increases, uh, as as you also uh, uh, mentioned, uh, these uh, uh, transportation uh, uh, and container increases are, are very uh, serious, and uh, and uh, 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 some clients have to reconsider their. Um, their uh, uh, calculations uh, in in order to uh, stay, uh, uh, so to speak, alive and and uh, 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 staying in the business. So it is very uh, dif- difficult uh, uh, time for for uh, for these kind of companies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here in Ireland, I'm seeing um, maybe two things I'll, I'll mention. One is an increased appetite for automation in warehousing and distribution centers. So there have been issues uh, during the pandemic with the availability of people and people working in confined uh, spaces. 
and companies have run into difficulties in having all their staff available, particularly at times when their business has been growing. So we're seeing um, distribution centres whose throughput is increasing uh, due to um, recovery of the economy, due to uh, the boom in in e-commerce, but they're just having a terrible time uh, finding people to work in the the facilities. So I've become involved in a couple of projects um, recently whereby uh, uh, operations that are not massive, medium-sized operations are now seriously considering warehouse uh, automation solutions which over the last number of years have become more affordable, more, more modular, um, and the return on investment calculation has, has changed uh, favorably and then placed against the difficulty in finding and sustaining uh, workforces in times of, uh, of, of pandemic and uncertainty is becoming a really uh, strong proposition. And then the other one that I'm seeing probably coincides with what Art was saying about had a client come to me uh, recently, said that they've always uh, viewed container transport from Asia, which they uh, depend on a lot, but they always viewed it as a commodity and they would play the market and they'd work off spot rates. Um, and they've realized that that uh, strategy is not going to work for them uh, for the future. And now they're making a fundamental change in trying to come to long-term agreements with certain certain players in certain parts of the world, both for capacity and for um, price. And in some cases, I'm finding that getting the capacity is even more important than the, than the price. So they're, so they're either going to absorb uh, the difference or pass it on in some way or share it or do something. But it's almost as if just get me, just get me the, the slot and I'll pay whatever I need to pay. So um, that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's something that's happening. Patrick, there is, there is one more, um, one more uh, question uh, and dilemma uh, that uh, our clients uh, are having. It's uh, this uh, uh, never-ending dilemma about uh, 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 inventories. Uh, it, it is time of uh, growing prices, and now uh, every company that that produces something or, or sells something want to have uh, uh, enough. Uh, it is it is nightmare for sales to have uh, demand and not have uh, enough uh, uh, inventories to to sell. So um, so now it's dilemma uh, whether uh, to to have more uh, inventories or. Or uh, have it enough, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so, so now, uh, now th- th- this is also uh, one one of the of the uh, great uh, uh, questions. Yeah. 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 Okay, we're coming to the last uh, uh, final stretch here. So maybe I'll just offer um, uh, Art and Elizabeth final word here. So, uh, Art, did you have anything to to ring off on? Yeah, you know, Elizabeth brought up lumber prices because lumber prices skyrocketed during the pandemic. And a few weeks, it's probably been longer than a few weeks ago, but uh, the futures prices on lumber has dropped significantly. And the question is, you know, I'm hearing some people say that contractors are not going to lower their prices, but I always feel competition is uh, alive and well. And what will happen as demand for new builds and uh, remodels drop, those prices will come down because there's competition and companies want to keep their people working and they want to make a profit. So, you know, it will be a lag, but it will happen. And I still feel that it's the key driver is going to be uh, energy. 
whether it's renewable or whether it's uh, fossil fuels is going to be the key driver to inflation long term. Yeah, and that's going to be uh, probably a central topic to our uh, next session on here, which we'll do, we'll do next month, particularly on the foot of the IPCC report which came out earlier earlier this week and some of the stark figures that are that are in there we'll pick we'll pick that topic up again so elizabeth uh, final words from you patrick i think that we if we can all just hang on until early 2022 uh, i think that the next 6 months are going to be just as bumpy as the first 6 months of this year uh, and i don't see any big changes until at least early 2022 after we get through peak season next year yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Elizabeth. Thanks. Thanks, Antonio and Art. Thanks to you all uh, for being here with us today. It's been a, a pleasure as always. So uh, thanks to listeners as well for tuning in again. And uh, any comments or questions, just drop me a line, as I said, on uh, pdaily, P-D-A-L-Y at alba, A-L-B-A, logistics.com. And keep well and stay safe until next time. Thank you and bye for now. Bye.